1: Hello, Internet. This is Chase Redsher King-Wassnar. I am a free agent, head coach, and analyst, as well as a contributor at Slingshot Esports. And welcome to the final edition of our Group A Team-by-Team Breakdown for this World Championship. Uh, we've still got three groups to go after this, but we have saved the something for last I'm not going to say best. I certainly wasn't going to say worst before CLG's fans start coming out my throat. But this is the team that the majority of our audience is probably going to be most familiar with. And that is this the CLG, the champions of North America last year, uh, who also dropped a couple games to Brazil along the way. A, a team that has a coach that everyone agrees is a fundamental to the growth of North America's coaching as a whole, and yet couldn't seem to find a way to get this team where they needed to be for the playoffs and most of the regular season, they are a mystery wrapped in an enigma. And I'm going to turn it over to my good friend and NA expert, Walter Sadie Fedchuk to try to uncover this mystery with me. Walter, how are you feeling about this team? I don't want to. I don't want to. Oh, we
0: can't say I don't that. I want to talk about CLG. I,
1: look, you can't start there, Walter. We can end there. But the people, the, we got to give the people what they want. And what they want is us talking about this CLG team. Because for everything they are, they were the champions of North America only a split ago. But let's, let's start with this hesitation, Walter. What is you're, it about this damn team? damn
0: Yankee fans bringing up all your old championships. <laughs>
1: Says the TSM fan. <laughs> hey, Pot, I was wondering how black you were because the kettle over there kept asking. Like, let's, let's be clear here <laughs> on how this all goes. Oh. But let's talk about the actual CG. Why Why are you so hesitant? What is your reluctance to talk about this team that when we did the group draw, you were a little bit more excited about?
0: Oh, I thought it was just because I'm the resident TSM fanboy and I'm just inherently supposed to
1: hate everything that CLG stands for. I, I mean, that's true, but I'm going to let the Analyst Walter come out of his shell, too. W- what about Analyst Walter makes you Analyst
0: Walter. That. So this is, this is an interesting group for CLG. It actually is very reminiscent, and I said on that, that our world seating show... Um, that this group is... Very, it's funny. TSM and CLG both get groups that are very similar to last year. Mm-hmm. It's kind of scary how similar these groups actually are. Uh, so CLG, they get rocks. All right, good luck. Mm-hmm. Best of luck to CLG. You're 0-2. There you go. There's two losses right away. Uh, and then they get G2 and they get Albus Knox Luna, which are winnable and losable situations for CLG. CLG's biggest problem has been ever since the spring, where they just, they fine-tuned themselves, they knew what the meta was, they they, they stopped people. It was just, it was a perfect storm of everything. Hui was playing well enough, Stixey was playing phenomenally, Aphromoo was on top of the world, one of the best supports in north america and you you start adding him into okay well what other supports in the world would you take x was doing x things and like you said in pre-call you know sometimes you need an Xmithie on your roster there you go i got the joke in um <laughs> but they they were just on they were on cloud nine har, har, har. um they were great. yeah that was a terrible joke that was a freak level pun but yeah, and as much as I'm a TSM fan, and I hate to admit it, I loved watching CLG. They were everything about a team. They were the definition of team in North America, and it was, it was so fluid. It worked so well. They went to MSI, and they took second. They, they were playing very well against SKT. Freaking Hui is standing up to Faker? What? What world are we living in where Hui should ever ever be able to, like, stand up to faker and not just get pummeled into the ground. It it was weird. It was wacky. It was cool as a North American fan. Mm-hmm. And they came into the summer and there was all this, yeah, they're, they're, they're just going to get better. We had this great showing internationally. They're just going to get better and better and better and better. And then Darshan forgot how to play League of Legends. And that's yeah. pretty much been the story of CLG is the, the superstar on this team, um, yeah, the monsters came in and he touched that 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 magic keyboard, I guess. Mm-hmm. And just like Mugsy Bogues and Patrick Ewing, he now can't play League of Legends and should be
1: playing golf somewhere instead. Um, oh man! And I just want to know where the alien who took away his talent is. CLG should sign him like right now. <laughs> is it too late? <laughs> uh, Can so we I find think this his guy? name is Yang, and I think. <laughs> Oh, man. I love it. I love, I love the shade right there. I mean, look, you're, you're absolutely right. If, if you're looking at the Dar Shannibal, the Zion Spartan of my heart, given that I've been a fan of him since he was on Team Dynamic in Season 2, how's that for a throwback reference? Uh, this is a guy who used to get a ton of kills. He was the guy the team played around. He was the one who was split pushing and forcing the enemy to put tons of attention in his way. And that's just not the team they are anymore. They can't play around the top lane the same they used to. His kill percent uh, participation in these summer playoffs, 62%. That is insanely low compared to what he was at any of the points at which CLG looked at their best. And it's not to say that Darshan can't do it. We know that he's capable of it because he's done it in the past. He did it at MSI. It is within them to do it. But we haven't seen it in a while. And I think that's something that is going to be a concern. There's another concern I want to talk about, Walter. And that would be who he. And who he was for a while, this player that you and I would joke about, like, oh man, he's, you know, he's just not ready yet. He's got all this breath in his champion pool, but there's no real depth to it. He surprised us all in spring. He had a rather consistent summer split, and maybe not anything particularly spectacular.
0: Consistently mediocre?
1: (laughs) He he was above average. I think that especially towards the end of the split, I I, I think he'd risen a little bit. I I think the end of the
0: split saves the beginning of this split.
1: Absolutely, and his Cassiopeia was the perfect example of this. But we're looking at the meta right now, Walter, for 518. Cassiopeia got turned to stone. Malzahar, one of his old favorites, has fallen out of favor. We're talking about roaming midlaners. That's been the talk of the town for a while now. And in the playoffs, his Kassadin was 0-2, his Talia was 0-1. They all looked pretty bad. Is this a significant problem, or is this one of those things where people like me are freaking out over sample size and not giving him the benefit of the doubt with the depth and improvements that he has made over the course of a year,
0: well, it's a good thing Aurelian Soul's bug got fixed. yes, let me start there um I think that that is his best roaming champion I think his LeBlanc is actually pretty good too and and we might see a little bit more LeBlanc um I would be worried though, despite the breadth of his champion pool, and and this is going back to his fusion days back Mm -hmm. in like season four watching him uh, in North America. Despite the breadth of his champion pool, it seems like it takes a while for him to adapt to styles. Sure, he can play Cassidy. He can play Cassiopeia, he can play Victor, he can play Azir, he can play Raelian Soul, he can play 50 different champions. I'm sure if you ask him what champions would he be comfortable playing mid, he can probably list you anywhere from 30 to 40 champions. Mm-hmm. That being said, it does seem like he has trouble with specific styles with transitioning from style to style. We saw it even in this split, as recent as this split. Once it shifted away from Victor and Azir, which he had spent so much time for MSI for the end of the spring, going into the spring playoffs, really honing those champions, all of a sudden it shifted away from that, and he looked lost. He didn't know what to do. He couldn't really play Vladimir Malzahar when they were strong or Swain when he was strong. And it was, like, right at the end, he's like, oh, now I can play Malzahar. Oh, now I can play... All of a sudden, the Cassiopeia came out, and Cassiopeia was probably his best champion over the course of the split. Uh, undoubtedly. It was undoubtedly good. It was great, but there were two better Cassiopeia players in North America, yes. in, in Jensen and Bjergsen, too. Um you know, there was all, all that up uh, about disabling Aurelion Sol and having to remake that first game. Oh, CLG, that, whatever. If they had one strategy and it got banned out because of a bug, that sucks, but you shouldn't only have one strategy. You shouldn't only have one champion prepared. TSM could have just banned Aurelion Sol if they lost game one, which I don't think they would have. Yeah. Um, that being said, he does look at his best when he's playing something like Aurelion Sol, when he was playing um, uh, mid Hecarim. He's, he brought that out a couple times, I think, in spring. like Stuff like that, where he just shoves the wave back, shoves the wave back, shoves the wave back, starts moving around and doing all that kind of stuff. Um, really getting kind of micromanaged, it feels like, by Xmithie and Aphromoo. If they can do that, cool. They can kind of fit into this Romy mid-lane style meta, which it seems like is going from watching uh, watching the Korean solo queue and, and, and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But if he hasn't figured out how to play the meta champions and, and do the style. He knows how to play champions, but the actual style that it's going to take to be successful, CLG is in a world of trouble.
1: Yeah. I mean, and that's something where I think anyone in this group, if they've done even a bit of, sc- of scouting, they're going to just ban Aurelion Soul, And the answer is going to be, what else can you do, Huhi? How, how can you beat us? Can you out perks who would love nothing more than to to get who he one-on-one in an isolated matchup rather than a roaming mid-lane one. Can you do it against Kuro? Spoiler, no. No, you cannot. <laughs> uh, even Kira could potentially take advantage of some of those things. But you did list, I think, the best thing that CLG has going for them. And the thing that if I'm a CLG fan, I'm clinging on to is hope for this particular tournament. Which is this Ex Smithy Aframu leadership? Aframu, obviously, one of the most veteran players in North America right now. Uh, a guy that brings a huge depth of game knowledge and the ability to play just about every meta and be an impact player. And you're talking about Ex Smithy, a guy who went from being the guy who missed that Sejuani ult that one time to a player that has genuinely played these utility-type champions and made sure to get the right lanes going at the right time, assuming the laners are playing at their best. So, Walter, what does that path to victory look like? How can we see guys like Aframu and guys like Xmithie set this team up for some success? Um,
0: It... <sighs> I don't necessarily think it comes down to Aphromoo or Eric Smithy being shot callers and, and like I said earlier, micromanaging the team, making the team really successful in their macro decision. I think CLG's success is really going to come down to, from what we've seen in the meta in terms of the teams practicing over, you can look at the leaderboards, you know what their accounts are, you can look at their champion pools. The top lane seems to be going back to this bruisery kind of style. We're seeing Kled, even, even though Nar got nerfed, we're seeing Gnar, we're seeing Shen, we're seeing a lot of this high-impact duelist top laners, duel 1v1, but then highly impact the rest of the map based off of what happens in that duel. It really is going to come down to Darshan. I think for CLG to be successful, Darshan has to find his previous form. None of these other players fell off. Hui was always sort of inconsistent. He had a, a, a low ce- a low floor and kind of a high ceiling for. He has some really amazing games and he has some really sh- shitty games, let's be honest. <laughs> Xmithie, hasn't. He's gotten better over his course of his career in CLG, but I don't think he's gotten worse or better than where they were at MSI. I don't think Styx has gotten better or gotten worse. You know, based off of MSI, and that's a, an issue for long-term success for CLG. That's something we'll probably discuss in the off season. Uh, and then AfroMo, I, I feel like has gotten better, but just because that's more experience. If you're mm-hmm. a primary shot caller, the more experience you have, the better you're going to get because you have more situations under your belt. You know, if you see the same situation 10 times, seeing it on 11th time is only going to help you make that decision quicker. It's going to show all the little minute things, and you go, oh, yeah, okay, last time this happened, we did this, and this happened. So instead, we're going to do this, and this thing is going to happen. Um, but Darshan has really been the one on this team that has fallen off a cliff. Mm-hmm. And he's he's gotten back to the point where he's it's reasonable, where it's workable in North America. Now he's going to be against G2 and Trick and this really aggressive style and Rocks, who are the best team in the world. He cannot, cannot play like he did for the majority of the summer split and even the playoffs against TSM if CLG expects to make it out of this group. They need to 2-0 Elvis Knox. And they need, they're probably going to have to win two games against G2. Whether it's 2-0 in the group and they go 4-2 and make it out, or whether it's they split 1-1 with G2 and have to play a tiebreaker. They need to win four games to just make it out of this group. And without Darshan being at the top of his game, it's going to be extremely difficult to do that.
1: Yeah, I I agree wholeheartedly with that. I I want to give Aframu a little bit more credit um, just because I think that he has been the one thing that kept this team looking good enough to make it to Worlds. He has been an incredible engage support for this team. Some of the tempered fates that he dropped over the course of. You know, some of these playoffs and their late game season run were just incredible. He does know how to set things up. The problem is they are very reliant on him to set these things up. They should be able to set up plays using Darshan teleports. They should be able to set up the similar plays with a good who he roam. And they're not. Right now, if Aframu doesn't land the engage... They don't know how to fight the way that they need to. And I think you're absolutely right. They have to get the 2-0 on Albus. And I think they have to take a game off of G2. And the way that you do that, it's not going to be winning the bot lane. Sven and Mithy are too good as a bot lane that you're going to be able to get a significant advantage in that regard. At the very least, enough of one to snowball a game off of it. What you're going to have to do, you're going to have to beat Expect. And that means Darshan has to be there and he has to be on point so that they can somehow turn the 2v2 against our two-time MVP and one of the most intelligent players playing potentially in this tournament if you look at just individual game sense in Trick. And that's going to be a challenge. (laughs) But I I know, maybe a little bit of an understatement. (laughs) Wow! He might not be even the most intelligent player in this group. Who? (laughs) Trick? Gorilla. Gorilla is probably the most oh, game sense knowledgeable in this group. <laughs> I put Gorilla in my top five. Don't don't worry about this. I'm not saying that. I'm I, my top five in game knowledge involves Trick and Gorilla and Faker and two guys to be named later in these previous <laughs> This isn't a tra- This isn't a trade. You can't like determine a draft pick later on. I, <laughs> of course I can't. I can't spoil the other podcast for people. Oh, but we okay. gotta finish this one, Walter, before sure. we move forward. We need to finish this podcast. Final thoughts on CLG. Can they overcome the struggles that we saw at the end of summer? Is there enough time with this boot camp to get Darshan where he needs to be, to get who he and the champion pool that he needs, to let Aphromoo be more than just the only engaged tool they have? Is there a chance...
0: There's always a chance. Elvis Knox Luna has a chance to win Worlds. Okay, there, there exists a dimension where that happens. What is
1: the chance? If you had to put a percentage on it,
0: probably, probably thirty-five to forty percent to get that two. I'm I'm assuming Rox is number one. I'm assuming Elvis is probably out of it, or they have like a minuscule like two percent chance. But for that two seed, it's probably like a thirty-five percent chance. Hmm. I would just say just over a third of the time because they have shown that when they can play together as a team, they're they're very, very good, and they can go up against an SKT at their finest. Um, but it really is going to come down to Dershon. And like you said, they're going to have to exploit, expect. Mm-hmm. I don't think Hui – you already said Zven and Mithy is like a wash. I don't think Hui – is the type of player that's going to exploit perks. I think he's more of the guy that is going to try and play that anti-carry style into perks and be like, all right, let me just not die. Let me play safe. Let me just not die. I'll give up some creeps. We'll make sure we're well-warded. So perks can't just go freely roam. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's, it's that's that matchup is really going to come down to Darshan versus expect. And Darshan has not shown over the course of the split that he is in. He's back in his you know spring or M- MSI uh, form, so it, it's it's low. It's a low chance, but hey, they could come out game one swinging and Darshan could play Nari and go like 15, two and forty, and I'll be like, well, there goes CLG. They're gonna go three zero to yeah. start the
1: this again we we've seen it before we've seen teams that have surprised us i will say this though and this is my you know big concern that nobody likes to talk about clg's warding was pathetic if you compare it to the other teams that are in this group and even the north american teams that they played in the playoffs uh Smithy did fine he was average for his position but aframu they ask so much of him that his words permit it are well below what you're going to see from basically every other support here. So if you're banking on, we're going to have the vision and make sure that guys like Perks or or any of the aggression that comes from Albus Knox or anything that Peanut wants to do isn't going to come and haunt us, well, they're going to have to have made some big steps there too. And for me, I am less optimistic. I have it even lower than, I have it about 25%. Because I think that there's just a lot of things that need to be fixed. But you know what? CLG has proved me wrong so many times and if you're a CLG fan there's this wonderful thing called a comment section where you can explain to us just how wrong we are we love getting feedback from you guys so please do uh, comment let us know what you think about the episode Uh, please subscribe either here on the YouTube channel Rough Drafts Podcast or if you're an audiophile you want to just you know download that mp3 and have it going on in the background while you're playing your League of Legends that's what soundcloud.com slash esports rough drafts is for uh, hopefully you guys have enjoyed the individual episodes we are also going to upload a massive group a podcast uh, uh, podcast video uh on slingshotesports.com. It is going to be filled with a whole bunch of stats, all the things that you saw on this stream. We're going to include those there, including just a brief history of how they got here uh, and our final predictions, because this is how we feel right now. We're a little over a week out, but we're going to watch more film. Things can change. Articles can come out that cast teams in a better or worse light. So we're giving ourselves a little bit more freedom here. But if you want to see... That final thoughts. Make sure you're tuning into Slingshot Esports, our proud presenting sponsors, and of course, follow us on social media. I'm at Redshirt King on Twitter. Walter, where can the nice people at home find you?
0: You guys, you guys can follow me at Cade's LOL, and I'm underscore LOL. And I'm gonna tell you, man, I am so narcissistic. I listen to our own podcast while I'm working out. Yeah, like, I like to stand in the mirror and do my curls and be like, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Just total, total Globo Gym leader. Just be like, yeah. <laughs> oh, and I get to listen to myself. Oh, this is awesome. Yeah.
1: Oh, get that burn. You know yeah, what, man? Right. With, with both the gym and listening to your own stuff, <laughs> that's the only way you improve. I am I, I'm all in. <laughs> I am all in. And hopefully you guys are all in and will come back when we break down Group B. We got two more teams for you coming tomorrow. So until then, goodbye, Internet.